You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Oh, and that felt so classic. Great job, PK. Thank you so much. Uh, so today we're going to be, uh, you know, sort of shoot, shooting the shit, answering some questions that you all had. But before we do so, let's jump in to some sponsors. Beautiful. I will start. We're going to go down, take 95 all the way down to Raleigh, North Carolina. <clears throat> to visit our buddies at To Live a Lie Records. Uh, we're going to go, Tom, to toliveali.com. And I'm going to go to their web store. Really nice website. And I think you can, if you go to toliveali.com, you got the main site, you got the band camp link, very convenient. And then the web store. Go over to that web store. We speak highly of the distros of several of our partner uh, label, sponsor type friends. To Live a Lie is no different. <clears throat> Right now, and, and this might change by the time you hear this next week, but right now, at the top of their new products. Do you guys ever do this? Sometimes I go to, to web stores and I click on new products. Do you guys do that? Yes, all the all time. The time. It's the move. You got you know, you get the new stuff. To Live a Lie has at the top of their new products in their distro, the Lethal Means Zero Sum Game LP. Uh, some of you might remember, I big up this for my end of the year 2020 list. Uh, record's been selling quick. I think this might be some of the last handful of copies available. So I strongly recommend you pick that up. Yo, check this. Item two. It's like it, my basket was filling itself. The Drop Dead Arms Race 7-inch Flexi. I didn't know this. F- full transparency. I didn't know this existed. Same. This was originally, I'm, I'm reading right from the item, but it's worth it. Originally released in 2018. Digital only. Two tracks recorded in 95, but finished in 2013. Yo, Love shout it. out to these long tail bands. You know what I mean? Uh, a cover of BGK's Arms Race and Poison Ideas, Give It Up. Here's the cool part. Proceeds from the sale of this record will be d- donated to United We Dream, the largest immigrant youth-led community in the country. Over 400,000 members, United We Dream fights for justice and dignity for all immigrants. UWD creates welcoming spaces for young people, regardless of immigration status, to support, engage, and empower them to make their voices heard and win. UWD has led the way in supporting DACA and the DREAM Act, reforming ICE, and fighting against unjust deportation and detentions. For more information, go to unitedwedream.org so yo drop dead tracks cool covers and supporting a good cause i'm in so that, that's what i'm getting today um on the to live a lie side they got some news putting out the peace test lp this summer uh will will tease me and was like yo there's some other really cool stuff coming up this year he's he's excited he's got a big year planned if you haven't heard the peace test ep he put out this past year please pick that up while you're in his web store 
So uh, again, to liveali.com and let them know that Axe to Grind sent you, okay? Pat. All right. Bob, are you on the website right now? I am. Would you do me a favor and see if there's any agoraphobic nosebleed in the uh, store at the moment? You know, in this kind of store, you almost always hope for some. <sighs> Only via the This Comp Kills Fascists, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Okay. Uh, so it's I don't believe that agoraphobic nosebleed appears on the comp, but it's curated by Scott Hall. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. Uh, I, I just, uh, on a whim, I was listening to, I think it's like the second, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, frozen body stuff with dope, right? That one, mm-hmm. which I really don't care for the cover, but, uh, first time I'd listened to it in probably a decade, honestly. And th- that is, uh, that is still difficult music. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is yeah. still like it. It it, uh, it still stands as uh, music that is uh, going to make your uh, uh, parents unhappy if you're listening to it uh, in the car. <laughs> Their side of the converge split that I own, pristine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, I yeah. had a lot of conversations a lot of about outsider music recently, and how you know, for the most part, I'd say. to to a normal person's ears, a lot of stuff we cover might fall in that. But then there's bands who stand as the outsiders to outsiders. And, uh, you know, long tradition, like the Melvins, Flipper. uh, I think Agoraphobic Nosebleed hits into that. Like, no, no, this is for for the true ones. This is for the freaks with the two threes. Yeah. Uh, Everybody, if if Agoraphobic Nosebleed is not on your radar, which I have to imagine they're not the most active band. I have to imagine that. And they kind of fall out of classic stature for a minute there. They, it was them and pig destroyer were two bands that were mentioned in pretty much every conversation about extreme music. Uh, and now maybe not as much, uh, because life is long and things change. March of time. Uh, yeah. But honestly, uh, worth checking out for everybody. Again, there's nothing pleasant about it, but it is, it, I'm going to talk about something pleasant. Let's let's do a 180 here. Let's go pleasant. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Run for Cover Records. Uh, uh, I, I'm a, a current student at that academy through Self Defense Family. Uh, very mm. grateful for all their work over there at Run for Cover. Uh, good people. Uh, they put out some pleasant records by a fellow that goes by the moniker Field Medic, right? Yes. And this the the reason I'm talking about this today is because uh, a hardcore musician whom our listeners would know. Confidant, contacted, patriot. Yeah, contacted Bob the other day and said, you know, these field medic, field medic jams, pretty good, pretty good. And the way that he said it was maybe some skepticism because I don't know if, if everybody's seen this, this fella, this field medic fella, but... Uh, it kind of has like a very uh, what the what the fuck is this uh, like s- sort of like Silver Lake ish sort of look right like this sort of uh, uh, California coffee shop energy and for sure and it's kind of like a a it might be off putting for somebody that's listening to Pig Destroyer yeah it might but, not dip with your jive you know yeah but uh, here's the report from this very credible hardcore musician. Uh, these are catchy songs. <laughs> and I thought that the, uh, 
sort of the, the willingness to just accept, uh, you know, this is a thing like, uh, we played the, uh, uh, regional justice center tracks on the last episode. Uh, a thing that irritates me about Ian, the, the mastermind behind that band is that he really, really likes the Beatles to the point that it feels like a bit, you know, cause the Beatles fucking suck. And, but to him, that's just, Hey, these are well-written, pleasant songs. And I do admire that he's able to, to, to just say that because if I hear the Beatles, I, I immediately have a fit and want to kick a radio, but it, it, it's in the same way, this musician who plays hardcore music really just saying, can't deny these songs made me say, you know what? I'm going to give field medic a shot. So I think that our listeners should give field medic a shot. Uh, those, I think there's two records. Am I wrong, Bob? I believe there's I believe two. So, yes. The most uh, recent one is uh, floral prints. And I, I've heard there are three. Fella, Yep, yep, this is the brand new one. That's right, two before. So right. this one I've actually heard um, might be the best of the three. So uh, everyone should go check it out, runforcoverrecords.com. There you go. Tom, I have a question for you before we dive into today. Can I ask yeah. it? Sure. Did you like the unbridled uh, 15-year-old mad at his parents' fury that Patrick unleashed on the Beatles moments ago? Yeah, it's like, Mom, this fucking sucks. And it, I feel like I pictured him like – sitting backwards in a station wagon like facing yep. oh, the yeah. road behind yeah. Yes. Like Warsaw. um yeah i don't i know a lot of people that are like i feel like the beatles and you two people are either like best band ever or like they hate it with such a passion like no one hates bruce springsteen necessarily they don't like no. him but they don't fucking have this like searing hatred in their for whatever reason the beatles ignore that in people and i don't totally get it they were so ubiquitous, and there's so many people who only yeah, like the Beatles. I was born I in 68, not 64. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's right. So he wasn't there right you at the You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they were ubiquitous no, to our like, parents. I think, I think this is – I think it's so often the conversation gets to the Beatles, and it's sort of like – it's the dude who – okay, yo – Tom, you'll get this. I got irrationally mad listening to a sports podcast today because there was a Boston sports guy on who was kind of saying like, oh, well, you know, like, of course, Michael Jordan's the best, but I'll never say it. It's Larry Bird. It's Larry Bird. Larry Bird's the best. And it's like, I wanted to shoot him in the face. Um, I love Larry Bird, but like, he's clearly not the best. This is, yeah. th- that's kind of, they are, they end up being a conversation star- stopper. You can't like, you can't even reason or talk with someone about the Beatles if they think the Beatles are the best band there's no conversation. It's just no. like, whatever you're, and yo, know, I, I like the Beatles. I like many songs. I like a couple records, but they're not infallible. They've, they've released bad albums, you know? So, uh, so yeah, it, I understand Pat's energy. It did remind me of, of the kid who was like the family's driving, going to pick up little Caesars. Oh no, little Caesars is closed. Guess we have to have Burger King and <laughs> Pat no! flipped the hat off. No! no! Burger King French fries suck, mom. Sucks, mom. Fuck this. Hey, watch your language, Patty. Uh, fellas, how we doing? How we feeling today? I didn't even. We didn't even do any of the uh, like true conversation. Like, uh, what do they call it? It's the. Um, we've talked about it before, but the 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 loosening up before we we get into it today. It was well, more. It was more clinical. We had we had business to discuss. Yeah. 
I'll tell you, since becoming a Wall Street uh, uh, broker and uh, <laughs> a rail baron over there, yeah, a magnate of some type, and Jordan Belfort over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was just, yo, Tom. I'm going to watch Wolf of Wall Street. Everybody, I made a $50 investment in the stock market today, and I oh, immediately shit. wanted to watch Wolf of Wall Street as though I was doing things. It, it is fucking hilarious that people that are really into stocks don't see themselves as compulsive gamblers. Same shit. Oh, it, is. it is gambling. It is so gambling. 100%. With some, some information. Yo, yeah. so you're right. Some information. Very, very little. Theoretically, the, the more information you have, it start, starts to become a crime, which confuses yeah, me true. as well. Right. Like, nobody ever told me in line. school. Like, like I always thought, like, yeah, the more information I can find, that that should I should be able to use that to my advantage. Oh, wait, there's a certain line where it becomes criminal. Fuck the fuck off. And then the real deal is the, uh, yo, you can't, you can't, the, the whole, we got to get into the meat of this because I am happy. This is the way. This is our revolution, right? Let's rebel by taking over the stock market in by via message boards and Discord servers. Here's my well, thing, though, with that. Not to be, I'll be Pat for today. The please do it. The role of Patrick Kinlan will be played by his understudy, Tom Sheehan. Mm. Um, and Morgata brought this up too, and I I tend to agree. Why are we acting like everybody in that Reddit thread was just some rando like Pat? <laughs> like this is a fucking pump. this could be someone like a pump and dump for some fucking millionaire too for sure for hey, sure hey it, 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 every if everybody can get in we're in it, it, so there, so tom there's that for sure but I, I, I would also urge people to be very mindful of very obvious disinformation and what i mean by that is i've seen two items come up in the last hour and a half about how this is tied to the alt-right. Oh, there is, I want everybody to know this. As of Wednesday, the, the, the week before this arrives, there is literally no evidence to that. Zero. And nor could, there. it really couldn't be, unless you found out that the person that was feeding the information at the very beginning was somehow tied to really ugly politics but there's no reason to believe that this is a it started as a goofy as yeah goofy internet thing and then became for many people a a way to maybe speculate make a little bit of money and then for other people it became a way to voice their frustration against wall street fat cats and but ultimately it's a billion dollar troll yes and uh, there could be really really uh, uh, bad repercussions. It's entirely possible. Law of unintended consequences for sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, but everybody, when you see information about a thing that feels intentionally discrediting, <laughs> just take inventory and read it, read it, what is being presented to see if there's any facts there, because it feels very convenient that, the worst accusation that you can make in, in polite society is being leveled against the people who are destroying the bankers right now. That seems very convenient to me. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, maybe we'll find out there's some massive scheme here, but it just feels like, oh, maybe the fix is in. Maybe the, maybe the counter narrative has started spinning because there's a bunch of very wealthy people who are nervous about what's happening. Yeah. Like what's the so, worst thing we could say about them? All right. There you go. 
Yeah. yeah, precisely. So just a thing to keep in mind, people, about you know the the way that uh, things get spun. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, but I'm wealthy now, guys. You need anything? Would you turn? What, what are you at right now? He's I at a no Bugatti idea. and two Ferraris, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh, are so, you going to watch the the Wolf of Wall Street? Because his his um, I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, the woman who plays Harley Quinn. Uh, Margot Mar- Mar- Robbie. Yeah. Margot Robbie. She's great in this, and she's from. She's listed as from Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Yes, because like I mean, this <clears throat> full transparency. I so in in school in grad school when I was doing like an externship in a psych hospital that I didn't get paid for. I worked with my sister on the market, and like I was in had like almost daily conversations with Jonah Hill's character. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's not his real name. Jordan yeah. Belfort is Jordan Belfort, but like that guy is a real person that used to call the office like every day, and he's just like that. Yeah, better I believe it. I, well, like, yo, that I, idea, like I know, I know that that's supposed to be a somewhat dark character, but but he, he's a character, and those people truly exist. Like there's oh, just one hundred percent, yeah, yes, really odd people out here. But I mean, you know, and also a movie like that's not as kind of talked about that deals with this actually really interestingly a movie called boiler room mm-hmm. oh yeah yep. fun movie really fun but movie. i mean same idea like this hedge fund like bullshit they're like pumping fucking penny stocks and then it becomes i mean this whole the whole the thing was it was kind of like this is a members only club that some people got through the door and they're like whoa 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 you're not supposed to know about this <laughs> you're not supposed to know our scheme bullshit. everybody isn't supposed to pump it in and then fool some other people and everyone gets out at the same time Shit. right and then people get on like you know what they, i mean the biggest problem is that like you know now that like people have seen what's behind the curtain it's like these motherfuckers buy it assuming that gamestop is going to go out of business sooner rather than later they, you know, they have MSNBC and CNBC and all this stuff to go on and be like, and like crush it, so that like twenty dollars stock is now ten dollars, and they're like making money all the way. Yes, yeah, but like right. it's same idea. And now when the contract is coming up, like the options are coming up, and now everyone's running to buy to sell to the people that they're contractually mm-hmm. obligated to, and it just keeps going higher. It's fucking incredible. Uh, have there been two non-celebrity people who have been more blessed by casting than uh, Jordan Belfort and uh, Nadine Cardidi, uh, uh, who was his wife during that time? Imagine your movie gets made and you're being played by Leonardo DiCaprio. And imagine, imagine that your asshole ex-husband's movie's getting made. And you're getting played by Margot Robbie. Could be worse for both of them. That's such like, imagine being represented on screen by somebody. And she, by the way, uh, Nadine uh, uh, Caridi uh, is a, a very beautiful woman. But like, imagine just like how dope it would be to be like, yeah, that's supposed to be me. Yeah, it's a fair assumption that neither of them are as attractive as their Yes. Counterparts. I mean, like, it's just like mathematically almost nearly impossible. Yes, correct. This, this Nadine woman is a really a beautiful girl. Very beautiful woman. Uh, but Margot Robbie. Is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's a good looking dude. He's a handsome guy, but like, yeah, Leo, no, you no, Leo. no Leo. 
Leo can play it. Leo is going to play all three of us in the Axe to Grind biopic. So uh, just <laughs> I like just, that. Just like different hairstyles. It, we're all in. Oh, and I um, could be like he could be he could play me in like dad bod Leo like era. I like it. I'm down. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's a good representation of all three of us. So um, Jordan Belfort's uh, still out there just fucking giving speeches. Yep. Yo, I, I want to say this to, to the Reddit uh, investors uh, and anyone out there. There's power in numbers and the fucking super rich have known that forever. And uh, there's more of us than them. If we were all doing it, damn, let's let's let anybody who wants to start the Axe to Grind Investment Club, let, get at us. We, we were in. Uh, as long as it doesn't fuck with the Mets, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, Tom. I think unfortunately everything fucks with the Mets. Oh my god! Like, there's no way. Like you, like you can't have any time of of positive. No, what about Lindor though? We're feeling good about Lindor. Yeah, and then their fucking general manager comes out. Like it's proven yeah, that he's a fucking scumbag. Yeah. And now, like the guy that was worth fourteen billion just lost three billion on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the rumor. I don't know how how much that's actually going to come to bear, but like that's apparently what the. Uh, yeah, we can't. We just can't be happy. I love Lindor, Lindor and Carrasco. Great. Wait, isn't this the second Mets finance, yes. finances draining scandal that's happened in the last ten years? Yes, because Bernie Madoff. <laughs> Yo, the Mets. The Mets are just rubes, man. The Mets will fucking buy anything. Yeah, I mean, well, the Madoff thing was also sort of. I'm not familiar with like that. Was just kind of like there's. It's literally like impossible to get the returns that this guy was promising. Yeah, but, but people just like the story, you know, so and they're like, well, fuck it. I got money. You know, yeah. like, you know, it was it's a I mean, it was a pyramid scheme for all intents and purposes. But like this was like sta- like standard kind of operating like this wasn't like anything that was out of the ordinary. Just people got wise to it and were like, hey, we could do this and like screw over a ton of fucking hedge funds who probably I mean, who prey on fucking on weekend companies and all that sort of stuff. So it's really not the worst thing in the world. But can, can I, can I shift uh, the conversation wildly with a fun fact that I learned today? Of course. So <laughs> we expect nothing less. Uh, how skeptical are you guys of cruises? I've been Boats. on two. Never been on one. Uh, we'll go on one. Okay. Fun. So, That's you know, with, with all the COVID and how really stressful it was for uh, people that were on cruises. They got a particularly bad reputation uh, last year. Right. And uh, prior to that, they all, they always kind of had like, you know, if somebody gets sick on a cruise, everybody gets sick. Uh, If the food is tainted, everybody gets sick. There's Legionnaire's disease, blah, 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 blah. But today I learned that part of the reason that, cruises look so bad in the public eye is because is because they're obligated to report they're compelled to report but hotels are not so conceivably a large hotel could have all of the problems infection wise as all the cruises did but there's no there's no reason for them to report anything how wild is that? It, so because they're bringing it into other ports while like, the other thing is is, sta- is stationary. stationary yeah. It, well, yeah, you'd have to imagine there's a reason for why they're compelled that would make to report. Sense, I guess, but but it's just an interesting idea that, like, I went through my life thinking, oh yeah, those things are 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 they must not have good ventilation. I was having all these thoughts in my mind about why it would be that you would get sick on a cruise, but it seems to be the case that statistically you're just as likely to get sick at a Holiday Inn. 
You know what right, I mean? They it, don't have to tell anybody. Right. And, and so it's a bit like um, – And the uh, turnover is much it's much, much higher too. That's true. PK, yeah, but it, it, I want to ask you yes. something. Yes, please. It comes from a place of love, right? Yes, please. Why? Were you, were you going on a cruise? I wasn't planning on it. Why are you spending time on this, man? What you doing? I, it, Bob, my day? brain – I know. Listen. My brain is a sponge, and the every day bat, I, right, yeah. I, I'm absorbing new things. Uh, like, for example, uh, here's here's a fun one right off the, right off the top. <laughs> Are you familiar with the actress Beatrice Dahl? Uh, vague. Yes, I am actually. Yes. Okay, so French woman, uh, uh, kind of you know in the '90s uh, had a moment, kind of like a femme fatale. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but. I didn't know anything about her personal life. I do now. Uh, in January 2005, while making a film about prison life in, in uh, Brest, uh, Dahl met uh, Gwenal Mazina, serving a 12-year prison sentence for assaulting and raping his ex-girlfriend. She married him after 24 one-hour visits and spoke on his behalf at a hearing at his, for his early release. However, according to a 2015 profile of Dahl, she said the marriage was a complete disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. How wild. Like, I don't know this woman. She's not an American celebrity. She's a French celebrity. And like, how fucking crazy is that? Can you go to that last sentence in that life and career section that you're reading? Can you read that out loud? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, sure. Interviewed on the French TV program, Devian in 2016, Dahl said she used to work in a morgue and she and her friends sold body parts of corpses. She also said that while on acid, she ate a dead man's ear. <laughs> I was Yo, making books, bro. This is a celeb. <laughs> She's doing it. Oh my God. So anyways, uh, if you, if we need to get this investment stuff going, so Patrick can dedicate all of his time to this stuff more than the six to eight hours he does currently. Um, I've got a big brain guys. Guys. Uh, we got some questions, got a ton. We're going to dive into it. Some music, uh, before I do Patrick, I have a little way back machine, um, question for you. Uh, uh think back to the tiger's jaw end of a year tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who else, but they had a flute player and rode in a short bus another band who toured with you perhaps mm-hmm. um, weird openers in every city. I remember in Montreal, one of the openers had a song about like pony rape and opened their set screaming. What the fuck is up? And the person telling me this said, I wonder if he remembers that. And do you remember that? I don't remember that. Uh, the only, the only interesting opener that I remember in my life uh I remember, he just dissed so many bands. It, it, yeah, well, fucking Christ. Uh, it, I remember. Well, th- these are very memorable. Um, Not like the band who had a song about pony rape. Yeah, I don't remember that. Okay. I but Forget but it. I remember. I remember a now a, a a good friend of our band was in a band that opened for us in Minneapolis, where the singer was doing like a very affected kind of like blood brothers thing where he mm. touched everyone uh, and mm. to watch to watch andrew from my band just be like grinded upon 
by by this like theater troupe sort of dude was very funny. <laughs> so that one sticks out. And also uh, with uh, Drug Church uh, played a show in uh, Atlanta where I didn't know the words to uh, 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 Limp Biscuit songs. I still, I, I largely don't except for Gold Cobra, Gold Cobra. Uh, but there, I did it I didn't all know, for the, didn't know, what he, didn't know what he was saying. So at the end of the song, it sounded like he was like, I forget. God damn. I'd have to look it up, but it was so weird. I looked around like I was in outer space because it sounded like he was like, uh, saying some like very wild white pride shit. And, and, and I was like, am I, is this insane? Am I, is anybody here with me? You know what I mean? But apparently everybody knew the lyrics and he just kind of, he didn't mush mouth them. I guess he, I guess he said them, but maybe it's an Atlanta accent. I had no idea what this man was saying. I was like, I was like, what did he just say? Can somebody tell me what that man just said? <laughs> but, but I didn't know. I, I'll try to remember what the line was. It's, oh fuck. It's that one. It's a Limp Biscuit song that ends. Yeah. On, it ends on a bold statement. It, it ends on like a, like, last note of the song is the last line. And the last line is something like fuck it might, it's not break stuff. I don't know what the fuck it is, but at any rate, uh, those stick out in my head because I had to like walk around and be like, Hey, am I, am I insane? What what was that? And and people were like, Oh, that was Limp Bizkit. And I was like, okay, just checking. What was the last line? (laughs) i'll try to find out what it is um yeah do do a little while you know while we're recording and answering other questions maybe uh do some limp biscuit lyric research (laughs) Um, maybe search on wikipedia one last thing on the stock thing please yes which is pretty fucking hilarious so i i meant to send this to you guys um it was a tweet by hamza shaban who's like a market uh, uh reporter part of the gamestop absurdity and chaotic revelry is seeing new sites News outlets publish Reddit usernames with a straight face. So this was on Market Watch, which is like a yeah. Yes. Um, so let's see. Before you can come up with an exit strategy, or if you're still on the fence, decide whether to jump in. You need to form an opinion about the GME bull thesis without considering the short squeeze. Says this user, Thick Dad's Club, <laughs> <laughs> with two C's, no K. Thick T H I C C Dad's Club. Well, we have our uh, our 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 stock rebrand uh, Axe to Grind spinoff coming next week, Thick Dads Club. Uh, <laughs> Thursday evenings for reports from the Reddit investment crew. Thank you very much. Um, man, that's so good. I love when the media has to do that bullshit. Um, oh, it's fantastic. All right, guys. Let's, let's talk some HC. Uh, very first question. Uh, best splits. I feel like we've answered this, but best split records. Oh, man. I don't know about you know classic splits, but but maybe maybe it'd be cool if a band like Pain of Truth and Age of Apocalypse did a split seven inch. I w- yeah, I would buy that. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know what I, I liked the um, the Coalesce Get Up Kids split mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they both covered each other. Oh yeah, I always like that as a move for a split single for sure. I mean, Get Up Kids covering Coalesce is like you wouldn't know it was the same song, yeah. and it was fun, cool shit. Um, best split to me. I, I mean, Faith Void is really easy. Yeah, I mean, it's also just classic. Um, 
I think it's funny when bands have really great songs hidden on split EPs. Yeah. Uh, a couple examples, the 10 yard fight fast break split. One of the best fast breaks, fast break songs is hidden on that split. Uh, the end of year Adorno split has one of the best end of year songs. I believe uh, Audrey Kishline is on that record. Mm. Um, hmm. Yeah. The, like splits are funny, man. There's not. Did they go away for a while? Like, yeah. and so like, if you think about it, all right, so you think like, all right, faith and void yep. that the split, right? Yep. I can't remember. And maybe just because that kind of eclipsed the rest of them. Do you remember like a 1989 split seven inch? So a few like, um, but they were in like ancillary little pockets, like infest PHC did a split um, that early. Yeah. I think life's blood sticks and stones. That might be 90. Sure. Okay. Um, but there's just little uh, bad trip. Go is like 90, 91. Um, but there's no 80. Like there's no where's like the fucking, the classic, fucking raw deal split or something. You know what I mean? Whatever. Like, you know? like there was because th- what happened, I think, is that there's a tension between splits and comps. Like, yo, if you divvied up the way it is and did a bunch of splits, it would fucking suck. But it's awesome as a comp. And there's like I'll every day I'll take a comp where you have a few songs by one bit. Like, yo, comps are sick when it's like, oh, we're gonna do three three fucking side by side songs. Fine, whatever. You know, one one youth today. Like, there's no rules with it. Splits one side each band, kind of cool. I get weird about the three way splits because then it feels like you just should have done the four band comp yeah. Pat, aren't you on a four band split but it's which essentially is a comp right like code orange self-defense world uh, is world and is tiger's and tiger's jaw right so that's that could have just been called like a comp but you know i i wonder if there's a marketing thing there you know uh yeah probably i mean com- comps are uh were uh dead for a minute uh, i don't i'd have to Check. I, I we'd have to talk to somebody that put one out in the last two years to really get a feel if they're if they're the, still dead. The one scene unity comp that uh, from within records did uh, sold out in one day. See, that's what I like to hear because you and I both know that the two labels that we got a lot of respect for were fucking struggling to sell comps for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh things things ebb and flow. Uh, f- for my pick, I'm gonna go with. Uh, the hate breed neglect split. I uh, mm. there, there's no reason to really do that because the hate breed songs, if I remember correctly, appeared, uh, then appeared on, uh, uh, on, on the LP. But, uh, I think that the neglect song two foot city only appeared on that until the compilation, if I remember correctly. So, uh, I'm going to go with that one also because it introduced me to both bands. Oh, that's a cool, that's a cool one too. When, when you get a, a split that introduces people. Um, yeah, really. There's also splits. I think Tom mentioned the converge of agoraphobic nosebleed split. That's kind of a one-sided split. No, no disc to agoraphobic nosebleed. I'm sure for many people, they, they love the agoraphobic nosebleed side. Uh, Tiger's Jaw, Balance, and Composure. I know there's people who love both, but to me, the Tiger's Jaw side is some of their stronger material. <sighs> yeah, yeah like but, the hardcore Jace ones that are great. Yeah. You know, like Hot Water Music, Alkaline Trio, like stuff like that. that Hot, Water Music, Hot Water Music, Leatherface, right? Yep. 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 Oh, great. what was that series? That that Hot Water Music, Leatherface? Yeah, yeah, the BYO. Yeah, the BYO. That was cool. 
Um, the Death Wish Dead Man's Hand stuff. That was cool. cool. Oh, those uh, are great. Yeah, it was was the Suicide File Hope R and R Suicide File R and R. Suicide File did Hope Con split too, though. That was one of the. Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking they put out a box set. Yes, th- like- which was um, that had a few of those in there. I think. God damn it! Yeah. Uh, no, because it, the, the, it was like a weird. There was like a, a weird t- a grip of seven inches. They all kind of blacklisted first blood. Right, that's where Eye for an Eye was. Eye for an Eye, right? Like so. There's there's up until that recent single, that's where you could find Eye for an Eye, which is like yo, this is a staple of their set. Like yeah. what the fuck? Um, yeah, yo, shout out to Splits. Uh, shout out to Streets of Hate, who's doing the uh, Pain of Truth Age of Apocalypse split. And guess who said that question in? Shameless self-promotion, Alex Casey. Smart. Mm. I, I better get an art credit. All I'm saying. I think you should. Um, Hit me up. Guys, shows on a floor or shows on a stage? Stage. Um, fuck. Probably stage. Yeah. S- stage. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like I like the... Um, Man, I like the stage that's 36 inch. So it's three feet high. Yeah. Plenty yeah, high, yeah. Really good for stage dives. Once you get any higher than that, once you get to the 48, that's up on a lot of that's at people's chest plate for most it. people, too high. Yeah. Uh and and then you feel a real detachment, like yo, if you have a small crowd there, you're like you're having to bend all the way down to pass that mic. Um terrible. And even shorter than that, like I, I can even do the 12, you know, just the, the riser stage. That's cool. That's fine. Um, oh, yeah. Floor shows, the more weird or Jace you get, the better. But uh, I like those two, though. They're fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they be, they're, they're a hassle, though, sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like know. when you're playing like drum, like drum set bouncer and singer. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. deck man yeah totally 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 um okay <laughs> let's see here uh not a lot of folks cite rorschach when discussing metalcore are they not roots no definitely roots yeah definitely, definitely. Roots. i mean if yeah i mean <clears throat> i think i can speak for myself and for converge that's kind of where we got the we both got the idea yeah, yeah and and like so countless others uh, so many others but like converge is like you know, class, yeah. you know, a, a level metalcore, GameStop level metalcore, right? Like <laughs> they're they're in the uh, they have G fourteen classification metalcore, yeah, for sure. They and I think you know, you ask any, I mean, if you listen to, I mean, I I feel like a lot of folks probably aren't maybe not as hip as to Rorschach because they kind of ebb and flow like their popularity. There's stuff that like when Charles's voice is higher, like you couldn't tell me. That that wasn't like a like a converge like a like a, like a converge song that someone else recorded, mm. right? Yeah, I think that the Rorschach records <clears throat> they get there was a time when they were compiled, like there was a discography CD of sorts, I think. And I always felt like it was maybe too much material to take in at once. Yeah, the twenty eight song, it's autopsy. Yes, correct, right? And I had that first, and I listened to it, and I liked it like that. I had that pretty young, um, high school for sure. And then I eventually got Remains Today and Protestant on vinyl. And I remember the difference. Like, I loved listening to those separately. And because uh, the other one is kind of all over the place, because there's some parts that it's like his voice, he sounds like a different singer. 
Yeah, and I think they're they're they actually make good vinyl listens. I, I think yeah. that, and they're good album listens, and and having them to be able to be kind of singular documents really helps. I think sure, uh, it's it mirrors the way I feel about Swizz, who who had a, the No Punches Pulled discography, a lot of material, and I liked but didn't love it, and would frequently not go back to it because I just felt like it was so much material. Uh, and and you know, in recent years, I've, I've really found that the LP, um, the Hell Yes I Cheated, is just great as a singular document, you know? Right. Okay. Best Texas hardcore band. I mean, there's a few answers, right? There's few answers, right? So Tom, what are the power three trip? answers? I mean, I would say power trip, bitter end, iron age. Right. Patrick. Bitter end. And I go iron age, power trip, bitter end. And I love all three. Um, yeah. And I think it speaks to, how important those three bands are that like they shifted bands like big boys out of the conversation for most people. Uh, I'm the kind of dude who also would bring up bands like severed head of state world burns to death, but those bands are in a, a tier under Both iron three. age power trip and bitter. And they, I might be able to make an argument where I'd slot severed head in or maybe uh, world burns to death LP, but holistically when you look at the career of bitter end what they've done like that's what i want for 2022 if if bitter end can get it together and get an lp out this year i'd love it but like give us a bitter end lp another one. Ooh, don't you think we deserve it we've been through I a hard that. time i think it'd be great. Like climate of fear too come on just when, think, uh, think about what they is charged to when i get off the w- listen when we get off this fucking line every time we talk about bitter end it is the You're number one to it number one band I go and listen to after we talk about. Yeah. I think that their longevity and they, they've just done such a cool thing with the way they operate as a band and their records, their records, no matter where your favorite is, I can hear an argument that their records just get better sequentially, you know, and that's, that's rare. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Um, (sighs) Favorite cover. I like this question a lot. Favorite cover art cliches. So, for lack of a better word, uh, uh, black and white live shot, tough poses, bricks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um. So for me, I, I like the <clears throat> monochrome live shot of a crowd that might be awkwardly cut off. Okay. You know, so it's it's like a f- color saturation. It's black, but then they choose a color. Maybe it's green, maybe it's red, whatever. And sometimes it's awkwardly cut off. It's it's not. It's usually not the choices of shots, but there's always action going on. I can get in on that. I would go like historic photos that are like repurposed for an album cover. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe. maybe not historic, but like old photos. Yeah, I mean. and, and maybe blow them out, blow out the contrast, get get on your punk shit for that. I think is yeah. Good. yeah. Uh, hold Patrick's on. gonna take people's faces. I I truly love people's faces as Albert, but portrait <laughs> style has been good. That's been a neat one. Yeah, g- give me the question again. What's Favorite the- album art cliches. Oh yeah, I mean then probably people's faces for me is an it's always a winner for me. I, I like people's faces so much it draws me right into an album. Um, I don't like a live shot unless it's legitimately heroic or insane mm-hmm. or you know it's got to be really over the top i do not feel a thing about a crowd shot not a thing your crowd could be going utterly bonkers and i haven't been impressed by that since you know i was a kid it, it, i don't know if it impressed me then 
Because once you see it in action, once you see, it, we've all made reference to this. Once you see that they were they were playing no spiritual surrender to get that shot. Oh, you're just like, um, <laughs> that's uh, cheap. okay, that's a cheat code. The, the, the love yeah, is gone. Yeah. Um, I also, for a motif, uh, the cliche, the nuclear war, when it's done poorly, always it sucks, good. but oh, uh, well, I, I love it. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always in, I'm always curious to see what elements they add in there. So, uh, good for that. Yo, kind of tangentially related to this, the, the minor threat image Ian on the steps <clears throat> yeah. If you really just look at the image, it's not, there isn't a lot going on, but it it's very stirring when you think about it over the context. And it feels like there's a lot more going on to it. Am, am I reading too much or do you guys feel similar? I think it's, I think it's fucking, it's very simple, mm-hmm. but it's fucking, it, I mean, it's almost like the restraining order LP. Like it's kind of like, there's nothing crazy about this picture, Yeah, but it's fucking perfect. Yeah. The, the, I don't know if I don't know if I really love it, you know. Like it's iconic now, but it's like it, it's a bit like so many things where they might become iconic because they're attached to greatness, not because they're really very special. In, in I mean, the- and then it was, yeah, but it was, and then it was like copied for uh, an outcome. The wolves. That's true. That's true. That's true. I Which think- I never knew. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't recognize that at the time. But they're like, oh, no, no, this is like the punk version of that. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yo, it's fucking um, awesome. There's something about the way his head is in his hands and the relation to like the anger and frustration um, of the Minor Threat catalog um, that I think works. Just as an image, you could take away, but it's it's the fact that you it's coupled so directly with the music that I think that it's it, it resonates with me. So, so. Um, okay. Let's go. Uh, I actually have one question from the emails. We're doing mostly Instagram questions tonight, but there was one guy who emailed us just before we started recording. I'm not going to read the whole question because I, I, I want to give some anonymity here, but I thought you both might be have unique perspective on this. Hey, guys, questions related to the upcoming tour season, quote-unquote, be it late 2021 or 2022. Uh, person has a venue and if possible, I'd like to get my spot more tied in with the touring circuit. I never did much booking for the bands I was in. Um, they haven't been around for a while. I'm starting from scratch as far as contacts go. Where does this person start? <clears throat> Fuck. What's the 2021 version of Book Your Own Fucking Life? That's right. That's that's kind that of- was. I mean, such a like. And for the older team out there, like that was such a fucking incredibly useful tool. Yo, can you give fill fill in the uh, unfamiliar on what book sure. your fucking life is? Sure, I mean it was pretty much like a fucking uh, um, an international, if I remember correctly, like an international yeah. phone book. Like it's like a phone directory, and you go like, all right, fuck, I need a show in uh, Burlington, Vermont. Let me look who's up in Burlington, Vermont. Oh, okay, so I can call, you know, Kathy. John or Mike, they all do shows there. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, Spencer. Yeah, right. (laughs) An actual human being that did shows there. Um, You know, and like, so would list like all the, all the contacts for like venues, all like the DIY promoters in that area and like everywhere across the country. And like you would say, like, you know, Bob would be like, I book shows in, in Brick, in Asbury, here, here, and here. Yep. Here's my, you know, here's my, 
my landline most yep. of the time. At here's, the here's the stuff I mostly do, but I also can yes. do this stuff. Yep. You know, like, and, and it would kind of give like a, just like a brief kind of advertisement for like what you could do in, in particular areas. And like quite often before people had like, you know, had agents and all that sort of stuff, like that's how we all booked shows. For the most part. And then like then once you went to Dallas twice and you went to, you know, or San Antonio and you worked with Willow. Yep. Then you were good. Like you didn't like then you didn't have to go back yep. through the book. You you had to you, you had know who contact. it is. Right. And, yeah. and maybe maybe you go somewhere and the show wasn't great. But guess what? Somebody's like, oh, Tony booked the show. Yo, next time you come through, you got to book it with Jimmy. Here's Jimmy's info. Oh, Jimmy's over here. Let me introduce you. But this got you that show that you needed. Yeah. Because you didn't have anything else. Um, yo, uh, Patrick, is is there any equivalent to book your own fucking life in 2021? Uh, yeah, Wall Street Bets uh, subreddit. <laughs> Wall Street Bets subreddit. <laughs> um, I think that it's a good question. Uh, for the bands out there, it's a little easier. You, you put feelers out, you try to get contacts, you share them out. For somebody who's on the venue side, this this fella actually asked us to pass along some contacts, so I'm going to do that. But um, yeah, it's it's not an easy proposition because we're so connected, but there's no source that's like this. And maybe there is that we're unfamiliar with. And if there is, I'd love I'd love to uh, promote it because uh, I think that there's sort of a swing. I think there's still I think there's actually a large groundswell of people who would like to have more of a DIY network who don't necessarily know how to tap into it. Yeah, I mean, it's all internet-based now, so it's like, what do you, yeah. you know, you see people go like, hey, need, you know, booked it, like, I, I see this all the time, yeah. you know, that people go like, all right, so I have shows here, 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 and here, and here. I need these three dates filled, preferably in here, here, and here, 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 like, that's how I feel like people do it more these days, like, folks that are, like, don't have the contacts, yeah, they just or, throw it know, out to the, the ether. So that's not a bad way, honestly. You know, um, yeah, yeah. It, it does require, if you're going to do it well, you got to do a little hustle and grind, willing to ask people. Friends of friends is always my move. I think it's it's right. really worth it to ask, like, hey, do you know anyone here? Oh, no, I don't know anyone in Cleveland, but I know someone in Columbus. Oh, okay, all right. You know, and you work it out. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, put it out into the ether. This person who has a venue is saying, hey, I'm looking to do this. You got to just put it out there. Uh, reach out to bands, reach out to agents, reach out to the people, let them know, hey, I'm here. I want to do stuff. I don't make it work. And uh, you start small and big and, and kind of grow from there. What's up, everyone? It's Joe, and I'm the host of That's Awesome with Joe, a podcast on the newly formed Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. I talk with tons of your favorite artists, managers, touring personnel, and more. Most of the time we talk about music, but lots of the time we end up talking about something completely unrelated. We laugh a lot. We do a lot of really stupid things, but also some things that are really informative and interesting. Basically, it's a podcast that I think you should listen to. Obviously, I'm biased because it's my podcast, but I think I might be into it if I wasn't the host. Check it out at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear. 
The people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments. The ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember. The ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. All right, uh, Pat and Tom, what are your favorite Jackson Brown songs? Oh, um, let me look at the list here. I mean, Doctor My Eyes, right? He sold over eighteen million. His, his first name is Clyde. Dude, I wonder why he changed his name to Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown is a cool name. Clyde Brown. Clyde somebody's somebody's baby is an absurd absurd hit you know what i mean but yeah um take it easy is also a crazy monster hit um you know this is like the best possible outcome besides steely dan that you could listen to with your family in a car this is good. This is good car drive. Uh, this is good as someone who recently did a family uh, road trip. This is good road trip music for sure. For sure. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Mm. Um, no slight to the songs that have already been been offered. Yes. One of my favorites, because I remember it as a kid, you're a friend of mine. It was Jackson Brown duetting with the big man, Clarence Clemens from the E Street Band. Ooh. Do you remember that? I do. You're a friend of mine. It's good. Yeah, it reminds me of the Muppets for some reason. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, why are you saying feels, that? It, it feels like it should have been incorporated somewhere into a Pixar movie. Yo, speaking of Muppets. Yes. Yeah. Can I bring up a question? I have a question for the group. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. You guys are familiar with the Muppets, right? Of course. I am. Like, you know, like you have a. Like a so. Muppet babies. Let's go. So I'm talking to but uh, friends of the pod, Brian and Nick. We're talking about the Swedish chef. Yep. Yeah. As a child, I was so incredibly freaked out by the Swedish chef because <laughs> he had human hands. Mm. Oh, is that true? The rest of his body was felt because he was a puppet, but because he would, they they needed the dexterity to like rip up the oh. food and stuff that he was throwing. So if you watch him, full felt body. Yep, and hands, human skin, fucking hands, and as a child, that did <laughs> irreparable damage. <laughs> I uh, Google image search Swedish chef hands, uh, which is very hard to say, by the way. Um, yes. And yeah, this is this is freaky. It's off putting. Yeah. <laughs> Swedish chef had human hands. Um, fucking freaked me the fuck out. And it's still kind of, to this day. I kind of go. Uh, I can't like look at it. Through, like apparently he's married because the human hand is wearing a wedding band. That's interesting. <laughs> <Good> for him. <laughs> <laughs> we should do it. some more diving into the Muppet verse. Why not? I wonder what the Doctor Keith was always freaking out. Was very scary to me. 
Because his fish would blow up. Was that the guy? Who, no, no. Who was the guy who would throw fish that blew up? Oh, um, God. Uh, Dr. Teeth was like the blues guy. Muppet guy who threw fish. You mean Lou Zealand's? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Lou Zealand's act involved boomerang fish. I'd throw them away, except they, and they keep coming back to me. He appeared in all of the movie Muppet movies except Kermit's Swamp Years. Wow. Yeah, he's a wild that's a man. deep cut. Boomerang fish. All right. And if I may, to close out the Muppet segment, mm-hmm. a song that I've become impl- intimately um, a big fan of because of our friend David Anthony, mm. Alkaline Trio covered Moving Right Along <laughs> for a, a – there's a Muppets – like I think it's a soundtrack. It must be the soundtrack to that re- the movie that they did with Jason Siegel. Yes. And like Weezer's on. It's, I think it has Weezer and Haley Williams. So, Pat, please do not become triggered. Oh, he's all in. Um, but they do like an alkaline trio version of Moving Right Along. And it's so fucking great. Um, you should play for your kids. Or even if you don't have kids, play for yourself because it's so much fun. Do we think New Zealand is Ernie grown up or Ernie's father? From Bert they do look very similar. Striking maybe similarity. And maybe it's me that was telling on that name, Bob. Lou L E W, like Lou Alcinder. Uh, oh. Zealand, like New Zealand. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I know. A weird one. Ernie Zealand. I'm getting to the bottom of this mystery, guys. Oh, it's like almost like a spitting image. It's right there. I think I think there's something here. And and look at look at find pictures of Ernie with his without a nightcap on or anything. He's Do we know Ernie's hair. last name? That would help. <sighs> I, don't think, I don't think Ernie uh, ever got a last name. What is Ernie? I'm throwing Ernie Zealand into the, <laughs> into the group. I already did, man. And, and nothing. Ernie's last name. Uh, Ernie does not have a – what is Bert and Ernie's last name? They're not related. No. Listen. I mean, they're partners is from – Everything I've been able to tell. Here's here's what it seems to be. It seems to be due to the striking resemblance that they that Lou is Ernie's father. However, he's senile or in, or drug insane. He might be like a LSD induced psychosis sort of thing. Uh, and Ernie is deeply ashamed of him and distances himself from his father by not using his last name. I think that sounds right. And Bert Bert kind of took Ernie in. Purely, yeah. pure, just, just. There's no, no. I, I think they're almost too young. Like to me, they always resonated as younger than, uh, than having some sort of intimate uh, relationship. So uh, maybe we don't oversee Bert's parents, or perhaps Bert also is just a successful young guy who is having to make it his own way. Sure, <laughs> we, we never, we've never confirmed Bert's employment status, but he seems like a go-getter. He could be working at the nice apartment. He could be working at the grocery store, right? You know. Sure. Um, all right, uh, let's get back into the questions. Great <laughs> Muppet dive. We should do a whole episode on the Muppets. Um, quick, an, another side question. Our, our our homie Danielle is sending all the hot stuff for you today, Patrick. Um, she's obsessed with this show called My Big Fat Fabulous Life. One of the dudes on the show is obsessed with drug church. Are you aware of this? What? No, I'm not. Yes. Uh, Buddy Bell apparently is obsessed. Oh, and here's pictures of him on Instagram wearing a cheer shirt. One year, and he it's him celebrating the one-year anniversary of cheer. No, it, not my birthday. Ha-ha. Big, my bad. My 
big, fat, fabulous. Like, wow, all right, good for you. Like he, Pat. Uh, I'll send you guys now. The, uh, the his fame, Pat's fame, now makes sense. Right, like so, all the people that were coming to see his band and like scan, like listening to his records, were TLC fans. Oh, he's had so, that demo. It's been you've been looking for your target for so long, and we it was right in front of us the whole time. It was like Honey Boo Boo was really like the person you should have gone to. Yeah. Help me understand this. This is a, this is a this is a big guy. Oh, I think I've seen this guy. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, he's um, a friend. No, no, no. But honestly, that's uh, yes, that's awesome. Uh, it, yes, um, I mean, he looks like a, he looks like a drug man. The minor reality TV show celebrity can be into my band. I'm I'm welcoming it. It's, it's Absolutely. Sh- shout out! Shout out to Buddy. All right. Um, is Harley now the cooler Cro-Mag? No. I've look. Mackie's the coolest Cro-Mag. Next. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, we, we 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 think we've come. We're, I think we're actually defensive. We're, we've given everyone in the Chromags a pass at this point. Yes, they've circled all the way around the shame game, so we're all in. I mean, just get off the internet. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly, please. exactly. Just let us live and bask in the glory that are the you know eighty six to eighty nine years. Yeah, and we then- need we need to get on that uh, the internet ban the like uh, social media banning list and say all right, well you took care of some big guns, but now Harley, JJ, it just it you know they're ruining some classic shit for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, if we had to guess, what are some of the most sampled movies slash director for hardcore intros? Hmm, okay. Wow. I feel like anything would like I feel like Pacino and De Niro always make the cut. Yep. Um Yeah, you know, um gangster movies, mob movies, for sure. Yeah. So Scorsese probably. Ah, uh, fuck. I'm trying to think. Horror movies to an extent. Um, but like I couldn't think of particular I mean, who are some like? I mean, it's got to be Scorsese because he's got like great written lines. Yeah, that play well as an intro to a hardcore song. Yeah, you- I think. I th- so you know uh, who would we say uses this the most? Is it fair to say that uh, crust bands of a certain vintage, and then also metalcore bands? Is that who would almost say? exclusively? Yeah, I would say because I think it's, I'm thinking that's pretty of, fair. There's some demo core. You got to remember all the demos. Yes, that you that's true. Of, uh, like across subgenres, demos, yeah. the, the land of samples. Um, oh, and pop punk bands, man. You know, there was a time when pop punk bands couldn't believe samples. Yeah, but they'd usually like use like Michael Rappaport talking about a woman. Yeah, right. Like they or like, like, like back to that or like right or like uh, Spielberg style, like like intimate moment, like like a quiet scene. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. I mean, Converge did that. Uh, fuck. It's, I feel, it sounds like it's Diane Lane. Mm. How do you familiar with the song? She's like, there are at least a hundred guys that would kill to date me or something. And the next song, I think it's on the split with the Gorophobic Nosebleed. And the next song starts with fucking Jake yelling his face off. Okay, so I, I cannot place that. I'm thinking yeah. in my head of, of mm-hmm. ones that stick out in my mind. Um, you've got Rosemary's Baby, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So Indecision uses Rosemary's Baby. Uh, Zayo, Twice, I think. Yeah. yeah, that might be right. Zayo uses um, uh, like a full album of 
of uh, event horizon quotes, I want to say, um, which is really weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. The uh, a Red Roses for a Blue Lady has the part from Can't Hardly Wait, maybe in the middle of it, uh, which is like so dated now that it's like, it's an it's absurdity. I urge everybody. What could they have used with their like, I am a sex machine. The, the. No, they use the, 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 when he's like talking. No, is it, it it's, not, it's not Can't Hardly Wait. Ah, oh, fuck. What I is mean, it? it might be. There are some scenes there where another you can teen movie directly to the camera. Fuck. And no, it's not, not another teen movie. I would use that. Uh, <laughs> what a good movie. Oh, great. Let's, this is going to, by the way, we're trying to pump up our, our YouTube at some point. We're going to, we should do a full remote movie watch along of uh, not another teen movie where all three of us sync it up and watch it and just record an audio track. And, uh, and, and was that Anna Faris? Yeah, she's in that for sure. Okay, yeah, I okay. think who's it's not, it's, um, oh, who's the, the, the woman, the blonde woman who's in not another teen movie, Patrick, you know, this Jamie Presley, the queen. Yes. Yes. The legend, Chris Evans, really, you, you yes! see him with his chops there. It's fantastic. What a movie. Wow. Um, I think horror movies probably get a lot of samples, right? Um, Hmm. Um, bleeding through his famous one was the uh, Boondock Saints. Yep, yep. Oh, so tasteless! Holy fuck! Remember that? <laughs> it was like this place was all Mageddon. There was Holy a fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, that, that's a good. Qu- that's actually a, a good question to think about. That's a great question. For a long I would be curious though to kind of to see if there were like a, like a certain. I feel like the actors are. I, I feel like uh, Pacino and 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 De Niro are pretty probably the most repeated. But I'd be curious to see if it's like actually the most used is Eli Roth or something like. I'd be yeah. really curious to see if there was any way to kind of track that down. Quantify. Yeah, I, I I tend to I really lean in and agree with what you said there, Tom. But I'm hoping there's someone who's got the uh, some sort of compulsive disorder who would like to get really crazy I mean, and track I think, all that stuff someone out there maybe has so if you have please reach out to us i mean i feel like pat finds himself in some wikipedia holes get busy buddy I, i'm i'm currently uh i have one airpod in trying to figure out what this fucking uh, red roses for a blue lady part is uh i'll, I'll jump on the other thing next jesus christ <laughs> all right um let's see here i'm gonna go to the next question while he he figures out his sample uh, oh, somebody said, what bands won't make it out of the pandemic? Name names. Okay. So we're <laughs> going to play a game where we don't name names. Let me think of. Uh, I can confirm that I know of three bands that uh, won't make it back when shows come back. Maybe they'll wow. make it back for like a thing, but that are. Like a see you later kind of thing. Yeah, functionally done, which wow. is a shame. I, yeah. I th- but but also <clears throat> in conversation, I think we touched on it on the episode with Isaac. Time moves fast, and time yeah. moves so slowly. You know, um, time keeps on slipping into the future. Um, it's hard to say that because I mean, like Bob might know better than the rest of us, but like I, I mean, I have no indication. Like, are people quiet because like they're in the lab, or are they people quiet because it's over? 
Yeah. You're getting both. You're getting both is the thing. Yeah. And that's why. And uh, right. you get two LPs or like radio silence to never be heard from. Again. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, I think in some cases it's neither nor because they just are kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, you know, yeah. there's some yeah. people who, yeah. who were straight cruising, doing this full time. And some people who weren't like, there's just bands who weren't and were having a good time. And uh, I think it's gonna be interesting. I don't say that as a like, oh, because you, nothing's certain. Like, there's a, a, who do you a whole think this lot affects of, more. Yeah. Here's my question: Who do you think this affects more, the career band, mm. or the like? Me and my buddies play on the weekend band. Like, who do you think is less likely to come back? Like, percentage wise, would you say? Um, the the answer is the band between those. That's exactly right. It's the band. It's sure. the band who does a little bit. But not like the weekenders are fine. The career guys are looking at it and going, all right, we can, so oh, we got to get back on the road. Or the bands who are aspiring to be the career band are, are right there. But it's all the bands in the, in, in the middle who tour enough. But, but this sort of slowdown, like the weekend band, the weekend rocker who's just here and there, you know, one right. weekend every two months, this slowdown isn't that much to them. No, and they hopefully were still able to continue to work and stuff. But the folks that like either don't make enough money to kind of withstand it, mm-hmm. or don't make they don't care the, the money to a, them material. Correct. It it's just it's so like the, the activity folks. and momentum of having stuff and having that next acorn that they're going after. Like, okay, hey, we're home for a couple months, but we got that two week run, and you know, like there's you know it's. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I hope that what I hope is that there's some people who got some new energy and are doing some new things. You know, I, I think we're yeah. seeing that around. We're seeing plenty of that. And uh, it's uh, going to be a I different get, landscape. Can I, can I just take you to the year 2000? But I really believe Please. that there's one person out there for everybody. That's what this is about. Not just some sappy love letter telling you how my heart stops every time that I see you. It's in there. Wait for it. And there's this really amazing person inside of her that no one even bothers to see. Everybody, that's the year 2000. That was Can't Hardly Wait. That was Ethan Embry professing his love to Jennifer Love Hewitt. Great job, Tom. Wow. I love that movie. I love Very movie. good movie. Great movie. Very funny thing. They, um, a piece of, because I, that was one of the first DVDs I ever owned. Oh, that's awesome. And the, one of the, 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 like, you know, the directors, whatever the fucking extras, I guess they had to bring people back to reshoot and he already dyed his hair. They had to paint his hair blonde, <laughs> like literally paint his hair to match his hair in the rest of the movie. Love it. Ugh, that's so cool. Um, all yeah. right. Keep those thoughts nearby because we're going to do a couple more questions and I have a, a thing we're going to close with today. Um, what's the next big trend in hardcore sonically? Metalcore went. Melodic is uprising. Um, I, don't think, went. I don't think Metalcore went. I think yeah. we're sort of in a generalist era right now. There's a, a real... This is the cornucopia area era. There's a lot going on. Lots of different sounds. Hmm. I think this is a conversation I had. I think the more extreme versions of things have been doing really well. I think the death metal influence stuff, uh, you know, be closer to the edge of things, not death core, but really gnarly shit like gate creeper. That, that record's huge. Yeah. Um, and that's a little bit, uh, a, a skew from 
what we normally cover on here, but it's not that much. And I bet that a solid 65% of people listening either love Gate Creeper, like Gate Creeper, or really could like Gate Creeper. So, okay. um, especially this new record. Right. So I think that's going to continue to do well. I don't know. I, I really tell you, look at what Close Casket's got coming up for the next year. I think he's got some pretty big projects. And I, like, I think that the new Vein record could be really big. I, I have no insight on it. I haven't heard it or anything, but I have a feeling when that record comes out, it's going to be a big deal. Um, so the, the extreme and harsh, noisy stuff, I think, is going to continue to have an audience that is loved in hardcore, but also finds a place in uh, other rooms as well. I just want to give a shout out to the. Uh, sorry, I'm in a red roses for Blue Lady Hole right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! I just want to give a shout out to uh, the co-owner of Eulogy Records, who designed the layouts for this day forward, the transient effects of light on water. Which, by the way, I I I've owned that record, and I did not in my mind I did not put a period after every word in the transient effects of light on water. That's particularly annoying. Uh, Red Roses for a Blue Lady, Return to Melancholy, This Day Forward, Fragments of an Untold Story Born by Shunning the Opportunity. Guys, that's too many fucking words. You were still a decent band up through this time. That's a weird (laughs) selection of words. Uh, Until the End, Let the World Burn, This Day Forward, uh, Kairos and Hoods, The King is Dead. Oh, and On Broken Wings, It's a Long Goodbye. Did the art for all of those? I want everybody to go check the, the art on those out, which it's just very... It's very fun, very of an era, very, very early 2000s, very like one Photoshop filter. It's it's great. <laughs> got it. We'll do. All right. Um, two more than we've got one our closing bit here. Um, oh, no. No, it's going to be fun. You're going to enjoy it a lot. It's going to be a game that me and Patty. No, no, no game. It'll just be a oh. convo. Um, and we still got to do our fake or real uh, early 2000s metalcore album names. A la what right. you just read, Patrick. Sure. Uh, best band with multiple front persons at once, like Path of Resistance type thing. Uh, so so we're talking about more than two, I guess? Oh. I mean, I would go two or more, right? Yeah, it's got to be two or more because otherwise, it, it just too dedicated. It's got to be too dedicated. Too de- right, right. Okay. All right. But I mean, it's all right. Do, do they have to be solely singers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So like 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 the his heroes gone tragedies of the world. Yeah, they're out. Count. They're out. All right, mine would be, um, no redeeming social value. I watched a video of them recently oh, when they had two singers. Good, super story. fucking fun. Um, Scarhead with two singers. <laughs> any of the singer Isaac and anybody was awesome. Saw saw that live. Yeah, fucking so much fun. Um, I'm trying to think who else like. Uh, fuck. Like, who's like a. I, I feel like it go either way because sometimes when there are two singers, they, they go for like the comedy oh, shtick. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, all right. So, all right, a band with two singers mm-hmm. that I would not put in this list, but a funny piece of um, info. If anybody watches UFC, do you guys watch UFC at all? Yeah, time to time, yeah. So there's um, a ref that's in there that um, he, he he's a shorter Irish-looking, very Irish-looking, pugilistic-looking guy. 
always wears long sleeves and gloves. Like when he's in there, his name is Keith. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him. I've seen, I've he seen the like with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's actually he was from a, a Long Island hardcore band called GFY. Oh yeah, familiar. That's him. Sadly, the other singer, this dude Lou, passed away. Like, nice dude. But yeah, he sang. He was one of the singers in GFY. And then, like, one day I was watching UFC and you're like, and the referee, Keith Peterson. I was like, that's it. I was like, holy fuck, it's him. And it's Keith Peterson. He was like, he was involved in like a very, um, this dude, Dominic Cruz, who's like a really, like, kind of like an all time fighter. Um, he, Keith called the, the, the fight and, and his, Dominic Cruz thought it was too early. <laughs> And then Dominic Cruz, like the next day, was like the referee smelled like cigarettes and alcohol. Oh, like only three months of fucking bust. Oh, wow! But he, it, it was like maybe six months ago, or whatever. And then I had run into him. He was coming back from Vegas from refereeing fights, and we talked about like they had like the Fight Island mm-hmm. and like all the stuff in Abu Dhabi, and like the 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 amount of quarantine time that goes into being there for that one night. Is like incredible because this was like being a referee, not a full time job. Yeah, wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, but I mean, you you know, but like he was like, yeah, he's like, you have to take like two weeks off. He's like, my real job wouldn't let me fucking do it. Ugh. Um, but yeah, so GFY because Amazing. one of the guys is on TV and you watch him on pay per view every month. So that's uh, pretty cool. other connection to hardcore, uh, famous UFC photographer who was with doing UFC photography for a long time. Do you know this, Tom? Dave Mandel. That's right. Indecision Records, Dave Mandel. Did it for a long time. I ran into him in the city. Maybe it was a day I was in the city to record, or maybe I was there for the for NYU yeah. stuff, and I ran into him just walking down the street. It was awesome and caught up with him. Great dude. Yeah. And also, just while we say that, he has a family member that's going through some stuff, oh. um, and they're doing a bunch of like Indecision Records related like shirts. I know like Strife put out a shirt. Um, from like the their indecision era, yeah. and like they're trying to raise money. I mean, so it's it's out there. It's on the internet. So I'm not telling any stories. Like his sister know. has cancer, mm. so like they're they're doing a bunch of different um benefit stuff to kind of help raise money because God knows, even if you have insurance, that's not enough. Um, and like they're doing like I think they're gonna start like repressing some of their kind of out of print stuff, and oh, there's cool. different merch ideas and stuff. So like if you like. Look up Indecision Records. Yeah, if you Instagram.com backslash, you know, you can find them there at Indecision Records. You find them. Yeah, um, so look out for that and, and help out if you can. Thank you for that shout out. Um, sure. Okay, let's see this. What was the other? Okay, this is the last music question. Then we're going to get into the fun. Skank beat or D beat? Skank beat. Nah, that's tough to say. All right, define skank. So is that the, like, Pick it up, pick it up, ska beat, or is that the like <laughs> low, slow and low, like skank, like, like, like I'm fucking. I think I think skank beat is like, um, like skank mosh part, like uh, two two step mosh part kind of thing. Skank beat, yeah, exactly. So you've just named two of my least favorite yep. punk genres, hardcore beats. Yep. <laughs> so it's a it's a coin flip. So where's it landing? <laughs> No. I'll go, is it on the corner? Like, what? you know what? 2021. I'm I'm going. I'll go D beat. Okay, I would go D beat as well. I'll I'll level the playing field and go skank beat. But I like both. So, um, guys, <clears throat> we're not playing a game, but we're going to talk about something that I think all three of us like on a low key way. Uh, we're going to talk about 
'90s teen comedies. Um, and Whoa. I want to. So if you only are here for the hardcore, thank you. Uh, follow us, Patreon. Blah, 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 blah. Here we are going to the fun conversation. Um, I want your clarification on: Is this good grade or bad? And does it qualify as a? Is should this be canonical teen movie from the '90s? You guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Clueless, 1995. Great. Yeah. Good canonical. Good. Not not great to me at the time. It was better than it is. Ten things I hate about you. That's good. Not good. Not canonical. Dude, you're out of your mind. It's great and canonical. Mm. Tom's right. Why do you think it's not great, Patrick? Oh, I think it's a 100% a step down from uh, step down from Clueless. Certainly, a step down from no, Can't Wait. A step down from. Uh, it, I, I just think it's. Second, I think it's second tier by any standard. Okay, uh, it's okay. based on Taming of the Shrew. No, please. I, all points in the world for being clever, but what the fuck do I care? Because <laughs> um, it's got fucking letters to Cleo in it, and Kay Hanley yeah, is the queen. Shout out Heath Ledger. Right. Um, Rest in peace, buddy. She's all that. Nineteen ninety-nine. Second tier. Good. Yeah, good. good. Not great. Yeah, not great. Good, not great. Is it in the canon? Uh, it's on the yes. fringe. Yeah, I think yeah, it's in it, there. It, it's in there. Okay. All right, Bob. Yeah. While we're on that, I'm not going to name names. Yes. Kurt Schilling. <laughs> do you think he belongs in Hall of Fame? No. But do you remember the rumor about one of the? Oh yeah. Not Freddie Prince Jr. Yes, the other. That's right. not true. Is not it? true. No, not true. A good okay. rumor, though. Um, Very good rumor. I mean, good for all right. That makes sense. Same last name. Here's one that I is listed in the Google Romantic Teen Comedies from the '90s that I don't think belongs here. American Beauty, 1999. That's not a comedy. Yeah, yeah it's not very comedic, and it's not a teen movie. The fuck? Well, I mean, it? in a creepy way, it is. Yeah, true. But but it's not. It's it's the star oh. of the movie is clearly a middle aged man. It's about a middle aged man and canceled. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, can't hardly wait. 1998. God tier, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's 100% God tier. Wow. Uh, it's very good, and I'm a JLH stan. But there's there's other movies here that I like more. But uh, it's it's clearly it's clearly top tier and clearly canonical. You guys are God tiering it. I like that. I, I could watch this. I could put it on. Like oh, Pat's yeah. gonna go listen at the bitter end. I'm gonna go put on fucking can't hold the weight. If, you, if you've never noticed, look at how similar the logo and box cover, like poster or whatever, the image for can't hardly wait and this next movie are American Pie. Oh, 100. They're yeah. like the same thing. American Pie, yeah. 1999. Oh yeah. Classic and God tier. A classic and canonical. One of the canonical. Is this better than Can't Hardly Wait? Probably. I have a a soft spot in my heart for Can't Hardly Wait, but I can see why American Pie. I mean, American Pie was like kind of like a game changer. It was a huge one. I think. I think all three of us might say Can't Hardly Wait was better. Yes. American Pie was a little sillier, but that it doesn't make it better to me. American Pie is good. The rewatch value is there, but not. Maybe not huge. Um, see, now here's one. Days oh, I, just, I just want to say regarding that. Yes. Uh, we were supposed to, uh, uh, I believe a self-defense family at the time, not interview. Self-defense family was uh, touring uh, Europe or UK with um, 
uh, Tiger's Jaw. Yeah. And uh, there was a snowstorm, so we missed the first day. We we flew in a day late, so we missed the first or maybe two shows. And uh, we sat in uh, a, a loft in Brooklyn and watched every single American Pie, include like, and I mean all yeah, the spins going deep. Every like, there, there are ones that didn't make the theater. Yes. Oh man! After oh, man. three, I, it's it's. I've really... seen them all. Wow! Wow! Diminishing returns, I would say. Oh yeah. no doubt. So, so um, all right. Here, next one here because I don't think this fits, despite it being teen, being nineties, dazed and confused, nineteen ninety three. Fantastic movie, all time great movie, fantastic not. movie. Great. Must watch. Or if you did. Does not fit the genre. To me, this genre starts with Clueless and runs maybe to American Pie 2, but, you know, it's right there. It cuts off before American Wedding. <laughs> yes. Fuck yeah, it does. Um, but Days and Fuse is a great movie. It's not a 90s teen comedy. Um, a mo- one that I think is low rated, but I want to see what you guys think. Jawbreaker, 1999. I didn't like it. Yeah, I, my memory of it is not that I loved it. All right, one of my main memories of it is watching Marilyn Manson is in it, and he's having weird sex in it. That is true is that with true? with um, yes. Rose McGowan, oh. but because it, it was when they were dating, and it's a, but he's like he's not dressed up as Marilyn Manson. He's like some like weird like fat old weirdo. Yeah, he, he's he, it's like she's having sex with a weird trucker, basically. Okay, yeah, on a bed over the girl she killed essentially um yes i think it's i think it, it i think it's i don't know if i'd put it in the canon but i think it deserves mention in the conversation it's like a, it's oh. like a weird low-tier demo from new york hardcore in the late 80s <laughs> i'll revisit yeah please do it's it's a it's a fun watch and i think it holds up uh in terms of there was like a gay heart too is she in that too i think so. yes she is um okay here's one i think is not in my canon but is a good movie election yeah, same. Good movie. Yeah, not part of the teen yeah. comedy genre, though. No, has too much going on. All right, let's see what else here. Um, yo, have, has either of you seen National Lampoon's Senior Trip from 1995? <laughs> no, <laughs> me neither. I'm curious about it. Is there any chance it's good? Definitely not. Hold on, I'll let you know. I, I think I think I have seen it. Let's see. It feels honestly, Tom. This feels like a movie I would have gone to see in 1995, even though it was R-rated. I probably could have got in. Um, <laughs> it's got it, a young Jeremy Renner in it. Is this pre or post PCU? I think it might be post. Post. Uh, saw PCU oh, Jeremy, opening. Piven or Cameron, Jeremy oh, Renner. That's that's. I'm thinking of Piven. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, PCU is 94. Um, I went and saw PCU opening weekend in the theater. So excited for it! It was not. It didn't live up to my expectations. Still liked it. Um, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just I'm reading the the write up for National Lampoon Senior Trip. Yes. And, uh, on Wikipedia, here's the sentence. At this point, the students go on a rampage, celebrating over Moss passing out and throw another party, while Carla Morgan, the school slut, puts makeup on on Moss. Now, here's what I want to point out: the two words that are search that are hyperlinked. Yeah. Uh, to other Wikipedia articles are slut and makeup. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Why is slut a hyperlink to another Wikipedia article? Uh, bless up. Um, fuck. 
Um, all right, here's my last one to, to put out to the jury. And if we missed any, I apologize. And if somebody wants to email us about late 90s teen movies, uh, that, that email will definitely be read on air. Um, is the 1999 film Never Been Kissed starring Drew Barrymore a 90s teen comedy? No. I don't know if it's a comedy. Tragedy. <laughs> Is it? I mean, if you're doing that, then what about my girl? I know. Oh. Would you watch Never Been Kissed again? Yeah, why not? Um, if the the next time I see it, it'll be the first time. Oh wow, it's pretty bad. Apparently, Jessica Alba's in it. Did I forget that? Damn. Interesting. All right. Any others that you think deserve uh, mention in our late '90s teen movie dive? Damn, I'd have to think. Or use Google. Oh, it's like, in front of you. It's true. Outside I mean, Providence, I'm, I'm totally unfamiliar. It's good. It's not. It's a comedy, but in a very light way. And it's got a, a one of the Baldwins, but not not Alec. Maybe Billy. Is that Billy? That sounds Maybe right. Steven, probably. Is Steve, oh, it's Steven. Well, there's Steven, who's the blonde one. There's Billy, who's very squinty. Okay, I'm, uh, hold on. Here's here's IMDb's 50 best teen it's movies Alec, from the nineties. Okay, I'm gonna roll through some of them really quick. You go. <laughs> pump pump up the volume. Good movie. Incredible. Wouldn't put it in this 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 genre. Not at all. It's not a. It's eighties movie more. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's nineteen ninety. But yes, yeah, you're absolutely right. Cry, uh, Cry baby. baby. No, no. Here's my one of my personal favorites of all time. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yeah, but not a teenage comedy. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, it's good movie, yeah. but it's it it it's pre clueless and doesn't have that like hey this is a teen romp. Okay, uh, boys in the hood. No. What's At, funny about that? Not a thing. It's the I mean, an all-time great movie, but god damn it. This is that's number 4 on the list. <laughs> okay, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Uh great movie. It is a teen movie but not a 90s teen comedy. Okay, but here is one that I refuse to I won't take any uh response except that it is a teen movie. You can then tell me if it is funny or not or a classic or not. Encino Man. Oh. Uh, again, saw, saw at the. I think I might have seen that at the movie theater at the Latham Circle Mall. Um, shout out, major shout out. Uh, yes, it is definitely a teen movie. Doesn't fit this qualification, but it's in. There's a early '90s teen movie genre that is different. It's there's a pre Clueless and a post Clueless era. This fits in with the Don't Tell Mom, the t- the era. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna race through these next ones just till ten because there is one that we have forgotten. Oh, yeah, Heavenly Creatures. I don't know that. Not enough. Uh, it's a very young Kate Winslet, and I. It's directed by Peter Jackson. It's very well regarded, if I recall, but I do not think it's remotely a comedy. Okay. Um, Clueless is next, and then did we say Empire Records? No, because uh, that makes the list. Definitely does. It, it's it's the Empire Records is the bridge between this genre, which I will put it in the teen comedy, but it's not totally comedy. It's like romantic comedy, um, yeah. And it bridges the gap between Clueless and Dazed and Confused. Done. I'm happy. All right. Uh, what about Cruel Intentions? Not a comedy. Does it? Does it? Is it? Ansel, is it adjacent to the teen nineties Roco? Does yes. it bang? Are you answering? Does it? Are you asking? Does it, does it bang? Does it bang? Does it bang? Of course, it fucking bangs. Um, is f- but there's a bunch of horror movies around that time too that were all like teen horror. Movies. Like yeah, Fear, I know what you did last summer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, Fear, great fear, movie. Right. Oh, Fear. Yep. All right. Let me in a fucking house. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Um, that was the last time I gave a shit about Marky Mark. Um, I think that this, like, I know what you did last summer is teen comedy, teen romantic comedy horror movie. Yeah, so is Scream, yeah, so is yeah, for sure. Idle Hands, so is, you know. Okay. All right, this was a great exercise. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, more on late 90s teen movies and Reddit investing next time. And human hands on puppets. <laughs> <laughs>